Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. And also Craig is not a doctor or a health professional. Today we are discussing, are you married to someone with UC with my husband, Craig? I'd like to introduce all of you to the love of my life, my twin flame, the reason I breathe my husband, Craig. Many of you have written to me saying that you also have a spouse or partner who has been extremely supportive of your UC journey. And for that, we are so grateful. The supportive humans have accelerated healing in our UC journeys. And for that, we say thank you. But I do receive emails and DMs where spouses and partners are struggling on how to deal with this disease and how to support their loved ones. Today, you will hear tips and advice from the man himself, Welcome, Craig. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. So I just want to say, I was thinking about this, and I just want to say we've been married, what, five years? Almost five years, right? That sounds right. So we're not people who've been married 37 years, so (laughs) just know that. And I was diagnosed, for those of you who are new to listening to this podcast, I was diagnosed in 2021 with ulcerative colitis after going through a life-threatening flare in 2021. So that's what we are going to talk about today. When I started to descend into my 2021 flare, Craig, What were your initial feelings at that beginning stage when I'm telling you I'm just, I'm not feeling well, my poo looks weird, I'm starting to bleed, just things are going downhill? Yeah, I remember you changing your diet and and things weren't working out very good and you weren't feeling well and next thing you know, you're, you're going to the bathroom more and more and you can't even leave the house because you, you don't, you're too afraid you you're end up shitting your pants somewhere on the road. So that was really eye-opening. And sexy, right? Oh, very sexy, yes. <laughs> and then, so what were your initial feelings on that? At that point, were you worried? Were you scared? Were you just saying, okay, she's going to figure this out with diet? She's just going through something small. Maybe she has a parasite. Or what were you thinking at that point? Because there was a point before the flare where I think you remember where I went into the emergency room because I thought I had parasites coming out of me. And I think they were. Now looking back, I think it was a combination of UC and there may have been, but I think they tested in the emergency room and they didn't come up with any parasites, but that doesn't mean anything because the Western medicine, you know. So what did you think at that point? What were your feelings on everything? I'm not a holistic person. I'm thinking, why didn't she go to a doctor? Why didn't she use Western medicine? And get to the bottom of this. And you're so adamant that you're going to be natural and you're not going to the doctor. So it's frustrating for me because I'm like, well, why don't you have a doctor look at what you're what you're going through? And sure enough, after three months of losing weight, staying, you're bedridden, you just go to bed, go to the bathroom, you're down to 84 pounds from 100 pounds. And you're thinking, well, why the hell don't you go see a Western doctor here? Why are you trying to figure this shit out on your own? Why are you Googling this all the time? And that's you're, this just driving me crazy. It's like, is everything you Google correct? You know, So that was more frustrating than anything because why don't you have a Western doctor look at things? 
Okay, so that makes sense. So it was a lot of frustration on your part. So when I was fully in the flare, as you were saying, I was bedridden, I was housebound, I wasn't eating or drinking, I lost an insane amount of weight, I had an insane amount of colon spasms and blood loss, and I refused to go to a Western doctor. At that point, did you just feel hopeless? Did you feel scared, alone? Did you want to drag me by my hair to the emergency room? Absolutely. Because as I saw you getting thinner and thinner, now I start being concerned that it's going to be a health issue. And if something happens, what are they going to do when they come in here and see this? They're going to be like, what were you doing? Did you have her locked in a room and starving her like a concentration camp? I was I was scared that people are going to look at it like you're abusing your wife at this point because it was really, really bad. It was so, so thin and we couldn't get out of the, you couldn't even get out of bed. Okay. So it was mostly just terror on your part. What made you not drag me to the emergency room? Why did you not go that extra step where you're like, fuck you, you're getting in the car, I will literally grab you by the neck and throw you in the car if I have to. What stopped you from doing that? You, because you were a bitch, and you kept saying, I am refused to go to the doctor. They can't do anything. There's nothing they can do at the hospital. They're just going to tell me. They're going to put IVs, give me solutions, get me back on, and they're just going to send me home. They're not going to find anything. That was how adamant you were about not going to the doctor. Thank you for pointing that out because I think that is a big part of this and I have to take a lot of the responsibility on myself and you guys have heard my episodes. If you haven't listened to the first three episodes of this podcast where I go into detail about my flair and I was refusing to get help. I was refusing to get that Western medicine help when I desperately needed it. So that is definitely a lesson and scaring the shit out of your partner is no fun. And Craig was sick a little while later, Not nothing major. I think you had a cold or something, maybe a few months down the line after I started healing and you were in bed for a couple of days just with a cold and that scared the crap out of me. So I can't imagine someone lying in bed and refusing to get help, how terrifying and alone that must feel. As a red-blooded American male, which you are, what was it like for you to not be able to have sex while I was in the flare? It wasn't hard at all because you're so concerned about your health and it was not an issue because you're you're thinking about your partner and, you're, and you want them to get better. So that was the main part. It wasn't an issue at all. Was it frustrating? Of course. But nothing that you can't handle it because you're you're so concerned about your partner. It's not that's not what you're thinking about. What happens if it went on for a long time? I mean, we're talking at this point, it was probably a few months, but let's say it went on for a year, year and a half. What do you think about that? That's fine. You have to be supportive. You know, you really do have to be supportive of your partner and you certainly don't want to try having sex with your partner. You you feel so guilty that they're in flares and it just isn't the same. So you just wouldn't do it. I'm going to have an episode soon on sex and I talk about it a little bit in my book that you have to look at this disease and, and it is categorized 
under the Americans with Disability Act as a disability. So you have to think of it that way, where if you're the spouse or the partner and your loved one is in a flare, well, that's trying to have sex with someone when they're at their worst moment on a disability. It's not pleasurable for them at all. Trust me on that. So I appreciate, Craig, when you said you were patient. I know of a situation where it's not with UC, it was with cancer. And the person was bedridden, housebound, whole nine, sick with cancer for 20 years and then ended up dying. And their spouse, who was a husband, took care of them very faithfully, which was amazing. I knew the person's children and they had said to me, our dad had to have an affair because how could you not have sex for 20 years? Because he just it wasn't possible in that relationship. So I'm just bringing that up because if you're in a flare situation where it's going on for much longer than a few weeks, a few months, then, you know, people always open the door for other things. They open the door for open marriage. And I'm not saying this is the answer. I'm just saying sometimes it helps to open the door a little bit and definitely talk to a sex therapist, a psychologist, because what's right for someone is not right for the other person. And again, that that's an extreme example, but you're in a, this 20-year marriage where you can't have sex that I'm sure there has to be a workaround. So I just wanted to bring that up as well. So if it ever turns into a years-long flare for me, Craig, do you want me to hire a sex worker or something for you? No, that's fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> he just is giving me the finger right now. It's so funny. Okay, so as I've come out of the flare and learned to heal myself... I've talked about the state of my body constantly to the point of where it annoyed you. Around last Thanksgiving, we got into a fight, see a woman never forgets anything, where you said I was focusing on the negative only and constantly talking about the UC. Do you remember that fight? Can you tell us about that and your point and your perspective in that? Yeah, I don't believe it was a fight, though. I was just trying to point out the fact that this is what you're living through every single day. And it's almost like every day we talk about your diet, what it's working. I Today, I can't tell you what you can eat, what you can't eat, because it's it changes so much. And that's consumed our entire day was, well, I'm not feeling good right now. It must have been the gluten I had yesterday. Well, I'm not feeling good now. It must have been the smoothie I had yesterday. And we're just guessing. You, you don't know what really caused it to flare. So it's an ongoing every single day. That's what we talk about is food and how it, how you reacted to that at that time. So then it's just guessing what was it that you ate yesterday because you ate three, four different things, but you don't really know what triggered it is the combination of it every day. It's, and it's still, you don't know what's going to trigger something. Uh, right? You try something new. Well, that didn't work. But was it that? Or was it something you ate prior to that? That's the frustrating thing is not knowing. And because this is your world, this is what we live in right now. That's what's consuming us is how you feel, what you're eating. What was yeah. consuming us? Yes. Because I don't think I'm doing that now. No, but that's still, it's it's an ongoing process. You, you were just talking about you weren't feeling well the other day because you thought you had gluten. Uh, gluten did it. Well, and you got a migraine and you feel like you're going to throw up. 
you know, what was it that caused that? That's our daily thing. It's not like uh, it totally consumes us, but it's kind of like reading the newspaper for the day. You just check in and that's kind of what we do. It's a check in on how you're doing today. Uh, how are you poos today? That kind of thing. You had said at that time that I was focusing on the negative only and constantly talking about UC. Now, I personally think it's changed a lot. Once we had that discussion, I think that it's gotten a lot better. I personally don't think I talk about UC that much. What do you think? (laughs) And I want you to talk a little bit about when you said to me, you are only focusing on the negative, that really hit with me in a good way. So I just wanted you to talk about that as well. It's almost like you had a real negative attitude about everything. You're not trying, you're always thinking about what it is that caused the flare. Oh, I must have ate this, or I must have done that. And I don't feel well today. Instead of I'm going to get better. This is going to, I'm going to figure this out. It's going to take some time. We need to do this together. Instead of concentrating on the negative part of it is what can we do in a positive way? Uh, I mean, you figured out that those medicines don't work for you. And if you become immune to them, uh, it doesn't work. Your hair falls out that kind of thing. So what does work? And trying to figure out what does work instead of, oh shit, this didn't work, this didn't work. Well, how can you do it in a positive way instead of a negative way? It's almost like having a positive attitude about you want a positive outcome in the end. Well, you have to think in positive terms of what's your goal, where do you want to be instead of, oh shit, that didn't work. And now I feel like shit. And now now I'm just, it's just piles on. It just keeps getting more negative and more negative. It's always going to be a struggle. But if you think in terms of a positive thing, here's my goal is what I want to feel better. What can I do to feel better instead of, oh, shit, I feel like shit today. That was hard advice for me to hear, but I really needed to hear that because it really is all about mindset in certain areas of this disease. I mean, of course, you've got to nail down your diet. But what I found this year is a lot of it has to do with stress. So you're absolutely right, Craig, you're piling on stress, more stress, you're analyzing, evaluating, neurotically detailing everything. And something I've talked about many times on this podcast is that a lot of us with UC have these type A perfectionist personalities. And when you have that, it makes sense that you're someone who's constantly dissecting your diet and it gets annoying as hell. So I want to ask you, and you can be honest, am I less annoying? Have I changed my mindset? Am I better from last Thanksgiving? Do you see an improvement? Absolutely. I think it's because you're so much more educated now the podcast, listening to other people, what they're going through, you you realize you're not the only person with it and that it affects people differently. And you're just trying to do what's best for you. And as long as you keep thinking, this is working good, I want to continue this habit or try to reduce the stress, meditate more, exercise more, whatever it is that you do to to get, get your mind off of it, I guess, and and focus on the positive part of it. Absolutely. So what do you think is the breaking point for spouses and partners? How much can I, let's say, as the UC warrior or any of the my UC warriors out there talk to their spouse or partner about the disease and their healing without it driving you 
absolutely bonkers. Just do summaries. <laughs> if you have if you have a friend that has UC, maybe your network of maybe uh, reaching out just an email to somebody, here's here's what's going on with me. But for us personally, because I don't have it, I can't relate to what you're going through. But if if it's just a summary of I'm not feeling good today, uh, it wasn't a green heart day. That's all I need. I don't need the gory details of everything of what I ate going through yesterday's meal plan. I don't need that. It's because for me, I'm here all the time and I'm here to support. I can sympathize, but I can't understand what you're going through. So if you just say yesterday was not a good day, that's all I need to know. Or today doesn't look good. That's all I really need. I don't need the list of everything because you're constantly thinking about that, you know, and that's kind of like me. I don't come home and, and list every item that I had that I was eating today. It's either a good day or a bad day. That's um, if, if you want the gory details, maybe you have a close friend that you can talk to somebody else. I don't mind the gory details, but not every single day. It definitely wears on you. But I understand when you're in a flare, it is every single day. I, you know, you got to sympathize and say, but you can't just say, shut up. I don't want to listen to this anymore. If you want to talk, you want to talk and I need to listen. So even if it's just listening and being supportive, it doesn't mean I don't care, but we know this is a constant thing. It's every single day for you. And I, I appreciate that. I, uh, I can respect that, I guess, and understand what you're going through mentally, you know, physically, it's kind of hard. I can't, I can't relate. I like that you said that, that you just need a summary. You don't need every single, I ate this for this meal. I did this, I did that. Because I think you're right. I think the details start to annoy the spouse (laughs) or the partner because then it's just, oh my God, I heard this two days ago. I heard this three days ago. So I agree if, if you and your partner can have some type of system where today's a good day today is really not a good day and I'm just going to stay in bed most of the day, then I think just doing those type of things really help. And something that I wanted to touch on that you said a little while ago is knowledge is power. Absolutely, 100%. Once I was able to find out all this knowledge from all of you wonderful listeners and my own research and doing this podcast, I feel so much more confident in this disease. You know, when I bleed, I I now look at it as, okay, I'm bleeding a little bit. I'm going to stop bleeding in a few days. It's all good. I'm not freaking out anymore. I don't even tell Craig when I'm bleeding anymore that it's happened. And I don't even say anything. The other day, Craig was pointing out that I had a migraine. I ate too much gluten and I got a migraine from it. And it was a migraine that lasted three days. And it was was quite the migraine. So I did tell him that. But, you know, I just kind of stayed by myself and stayed in the bedroom and stayed in a dark room and did what I had to do. So I think there is something to where as a UC warrior that we are, right, we are UC warriors that sometimes we have to not put this disease on our spouses, even though we want to, even though we want to talk about every little nuance every little thing. I think I've learned from that Thanksgiving. We don't call it a fight. We'll call it a 
uh, what come to Jesus moment. <laughs> I, I have learned that I don't need to share every little detail, even though he is the only one here to talk to about it. And that if I really need to start sharing things, and it's that it's that much of an urge, then I need to go back to the trauma energy healer. I need to find a good therapist, that type of deal. Okay, so going on to something lighter, you can eat anything you want, Craig. A gastroenterologist told you a few years ago, and I was sitting right there to witness it, that you have the colon of a 25-year-old. Lucky you. Do you feel badly for eating whatever you want in front of me? (laughs) And what don't you bring into the house food-wise? Yeah, you definitely feel guilty because you're going through this, and I can pretty much eat anything. Pizza, chicken wings, beer, it's fine. When you're recording or you're having time to yourself, I go out to eat. I'll go to the Mexican restaurant. I'll I'll go to Wendy's type of thing. I do that on my own. I don't bring tons of chocolate and tons of stuff into the house, things that you or be trigger for you. I've kind of limited my diet in the house that so it's not so overwhelming for you. I, I try to bring in things that I like and uh, you definitely don't like. So so that that helps. But for the most part, I end up being like a closet eater and going out to going out to lunch somewhere, Chipotle or Mexican restaurant, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's an important part of this disease too. If you have someone who can eat whatever they want, and they're not into the natural and the holistic and all of that, it can be tough. But I think we manage it pretty well. We're managing it better. I think the key points are exactly what Craig said. Do not bring the triggers back into this house. So if Craig starts bringing in things like Oreos or Milano mints or just really yummy New York pizza with all the gluten, I will murder him in his sleep and he knows that. So he knows certain things just to grab a slice while he's out, you know, grab some ice cream while he's out or something like that. But yeah, there are things that he can bring into the house. Like Craig, you eat tortilla chips with the canola oil, which I can't eat, but I don't even want that anymore because it makes me sick. So it doesn't bother me. You can eat waffles and they're healthy waffles, but I don't even want that anymore because all of that makes me so sick. So I think just making sure you have that balance really helps a person, but I never want to turn you into a closet, you said closet eater. I don't ever want to turn you into someone who you're going from fast food restaurant to fast food restaurant, like five fast food restaurants in a day because you feel like you're so deprived. Do you feel that way? No, not at all. But I I drive to work a couple times a month where I'll go to McDonald's for breakfast and eat that while I'm driving. But I don't do the binge fast food. No. Uh, maybe on the way home from work five, six days later, I stop at Wendy's and but I'm not going from Wendy's to McDonald's to Burger King. No, I don't do that. Yeah. And Craig, if you ever saw a picture of him, he is 62. He looks like he's 45 or in his late 40s. He looks much younger and he's in incredible shape. That's what everyone says to me. Oh my gosh, your husband's in amazing shape. So this is someone who works out like a fiend. So yeah, so you don't have that issue. (laughs) To start wrapping things up, how do you stay sane living with a partner with UC? Do you have any tips on that? I cope by working on the farm, going to the gym, running errands, going to tractor supply, going to the egg shop, that kind of thing. Working with the cows, 
anything, you know, mowing the yard, wee whack, and things that I can do alone that keeps you sane, I guess, just by finding things to do and not sitting around staring at each other all day long. That drive you crazy. Do you think because of your job, you get to travel a couple times a month and then you go out and you eat in social situations with your colleagues? Do you think that helps as well? Just to have that normal, functional, social thing where you can just go out to a restaurant and you're not like, oh my God, does it have the industrial seed oils? Can you eat that? We have to check out the menus. Does that help you as well? Yeah, absolutely. My work takes me all over the world so I can experience different foods, restaurants, that kind of thing, and be with coworkers to kind of have a, a conversation away from ulcerative colitis. So yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah. So I think there is something in what Craig said is absolutely have your own alone time, have your own interests, your own hobbies, get the hell out of the house. I mean, even when we were in COVID, there were days where we would just see each other at dinner. You remember that in COVID? Because we both have shit to do. We both have lives. We have very different interests, I would say. Sorry, that's our dog. Craig, <laughs> Craig's worst nightmare is doing what I do, writing and podcasting. My worst nightmare is running a farm and flying a plane. So, <laughs> so I think that helps with us too. And I also think too, Craig, you hit on a really good point of putting yourself in a normal, healthy, I'm not saying that people with UC aren't normal and healthy, but you know what I'm saying, normal, healthy, societal restaurant, social situation where you can just go out with people, kick back, have some beers, eat whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? Don't worry about you're getting the greasy taco appetizer and you're getting the chocolate mousse for dessert with all the gluten and whatever. You don't have to worry about any of that shit. And I think there's something to that where that's nice as well. So just a couple points there. And then the last question, Craig can you give the spouses and partners out there a last piece of advice on how you can support a loved one with UC? Just be supportive. Listen, I don't know this disease as well as you do. I'm not educated like that other than from what you've told me. So I don't research it and I don't, what I know is what you tell me, but that's the best advice is just to listen and, and be supportive. There's really not much you can do because you you're not living it you know it's the same thing as women having children a guy can't figure out you know he, he doesn't know what that means or what it's like to go through having a child but yet i don't know what it's like going through ulcerative colitis either so it's kind of the on the same lines because you always when you get mad at me you're like you don't know what i'm going through it's like no i don't i can't relate but how am I supposed to relate? There's no way that I can relate to that. Trying to give you advice, that's probably the worst thing is to tell you, oh, did you try eating this? Did you try eating that? And that's the worst thing you can do to somebody because who knows? You're you're going through this journey on trying to figure out what works for you. I can't tell you what to eat and what not to eat. You have to figure that out. I mean, every person listening probably has to figure out what goes, what works for them. And what works for you probably doesn't work for somebody else. So no, I absolutely don't know what you're going through. I I sympathize and I certainly feel bad for you. I'll just go to the bar and have chicken wings and beer on my own then. So you make a really good point that you are not living with the disease as a spouse or a partner, but you are living with the disease in another way. You are living amongst it. You are living around it. You can't relate to it. You can't 
empathize because you've never had it, but you can sympathize, you can support, you can listen. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Craig, thank you so much for being here today because you have no idea how much this helps the spouses and the partners because it's very confusing for them. And it's also, I love that you brought up the fact that you said, when I'm annoyed, I say, oh, well, you don't know what I'm going through. And that's what I revert to. <laughs> and that just helps if if you hear that, if you're a spouse or partner that you hear that. That's the reality. Sometimes we're not perfect as UC warriors and we get frustrated and sometimes we, and I never want to do this, but occasionally it slips out where I will take it out on my partner. I certainly don't mean to. I feel terribly when I do it, but sometimes things just build up. So please, you know, if you can, as long as it's not abusive or anything over the top, please uh, give people a little grace and a little patience. If you have gained any knowledge, insight, or comfort from these episodes, please support the podcast, buy my book, my meditations, and donate. All the links are in the show notes. And you guys, five-star reviews only, uh, five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and wherever you listen. It helps me so much. Craig, in our household, when we have a perfect shit, you know, when it slides out of your body, it's the perfect color and solidly formed, and you're so proud of yourself that you turn around the toilet and go, wow, we call that a green heart. Craig, what do you wish everyone? I wish everyone a green heart day. Thank you, Craig.